0: When I was a kid, we'd play double Dutch. My girlfriend, Terry, one day, she just took the rope. You know, we used to play with those big white wire ropes. Oh, yeah. She cracked me on the back of my legs so hard, they just, they welted up and split open. And I got home, and my mom's like, what happened to the back of your legs? I'm like, Terry hit me with the rope because I wouldn't jump in. She's like, well, then you deserve
1: it. <laughs> that compassion tears me up. <laughs> <laughs> just got in. This is Ordinary Voices, inviting ordinary people into conversations about life and faith. I'm your host, Eric Elkin. In this show, we explore the spiritual thoughts of everyday people to help people like you discover how to live in hope. Guests on Ordinary Voices are not authorities. They're simply people willing to share with us the authenticity of their own thoughts. My guest today perfectly articulated why I created Ordinary Voices without even realizing it. We met at a camp I ran in New York, and she described that camp as the first place she met God. She grew up in the church, so camp was not her first religious experience, but it was the first place where faith moved from learning into living. During our conversation, she described why camp was a sacred experience. She said at camp, people didn't talk at me about God, we had conversations. It was okay to ask questions and you weren't tested on the right answer. You could listen to other people and hear their questions and their struggles. These conversations about faith made God visible to her soul. And when God is visible, hope comes to life. I'm not here to talk at you or to test you on the right answer. We're here to have a conversation about faith to invite questions, struggles, and opinions that don't always reflect my own views. But in these conversations, I hope God becomes visible, and you discover how to live in hope. I always warn people, you'll probably hear something you disagree with, or may even make you angry. All I ask is that you listen in a way that nurtures a better understanding of your neighbor and encourages future conversations. Before we get into the show, I want you to meet our guest, Andrea. She's from Queens, New York, and I've known her since she was seven years old. And that's 33 years, but you'll have to do the math. I'm way too polite. We have not seen each other outside of Facebook since 1993. One thing I'll have to cue you on is when Andrea refers to Valpo, She means Valparaiso University in Indiana. Let's meet Andrea.
0: up with their norms their mores their values their everything which is a huge difference between what little black american kids grow up doing so i was never black enough right i talked funny right i listened to weird music because i didn't just listen to what was rap at the time or r&b and those things wear you out But at camp, there were so many different people from all over and different experiences that none of that ever really mattered. I was just who I was. And I was there every summer. And you see all the same people, and you grew up together. And that was really the first place where it's like, I'm okay being who I am. But when camp ended at the end of August, I was like, oh, this is going to be hard. Because I knew it would take a whole year to get back to my happy spot.
1: Right.
0: Unless it was like a school trip or, or whatever.
1: Right.
0: Right. So again, that's the first place that I was okay being myself and where I met God. I went to Valpo, did my four years there. And so, I guess I should back up. What led me to Valpo was basically every counselor I ever had at camp had gone to Valpo, and I made this connection where if I could be like these really cool, smart people,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that I would go somewhere in life. Sweet. So I went to Valpo.
1: Right.
0: Uh, Lonely black child in the cornfields of Indiana (laughs) from New York City, way out of my element, but I loved it.
1: Right. Did you go from Valpo right to Portland?
0: Yeah, four days after I graduated. Really? Yeah. It... I told my I told my mom when I was sixteen before I left for school, when I graduate I'm going to Portland. I had never been here. And she said, Why? And I and I knew that I all my life that I wanted to get into media and communications and that kind of thing. It would be easier to come here and do that than go back to New York City and try to break into a number one market, being a no one right,
1: right. from nowhere. Right.
0: So when I graduated, my parents came out, you know, you do the whole shake hands, blah, blah, blah. They're packing up the minivan, and my mom's like, okay, come on, let's go. And I go, uh, I have a ticket. And she said, to where? And I said, to Portland. I told you four years ago that I was going. And she said, I didn't really think that you would go. And I said, have you met me? And she said, yes she kissed me goodbye, she's full of tears, and they went home, and I came here.
1: When I was younger, the Bible was something I had to read, or was supposed to read, but I never turned to it for life. It was kind of like doing homework during summer vacation. Sure, it'd probably make me smarter, but come on, it's summer, and I've got a whole life to get smarter. So now I'm amazed at how reading the Bible helps me find peace. I can tell when I've drifted from it and when I'm near to it. It's hard to explain, but things just seem doable when I'm grounded in the Word. So I thought I would invite a friend to read a short passage using the Lectio Divina method of reading. Lectio Divina means Divine Word. It was developed by Benedictine monks to mix scripture reading with meditation and prayer. So you're not trying to study scripture, but feeling it, talking with God about it, and encountering the living word. If you're interested, I've provided a guide for Lectio Divina reading on the study page of the Ordinary Voices website. I asked Andrea to read John 14, verses 6 through 14. But before we get into that reading, I wanted you to know a little bit more about Andrea's faith life.
0: years ago I went through kind of a weird religious shift in my head Mm -hmm. had a lot of questions I think I asked you a lot of questions my husband's cousin who I was very close with was dying and I was just very confused like what does this mean and why is someone so good going through so much pain that no one there's nothing we could do and in my head you have that question Why do good people die? So from that, kind of branched off into this whole new discovery of God in my life, and God, not as me, but in me. Mm -hmm. Outside of camp, she was the one person who taught me that church doesn't mean building. Church means eating popcorn, watching movies, petting the dogs, and just talking about... God and religion, and and what that means, and how you feel, and I have this question, and and what is that? Mm -hmm. So she actually helped me through a lot of things, just searching. It's funny, because it kind of relates to this passage now that I'm thinking about it. I don't have to show you who I am. You already know. You know, trust that you know this. Sometimes, though, you just get so caught up in other stuff, and you're like... I'm gonna need you to send me a sign. Right. You have right. the signs. Right. Go like this. Right. Look around. Right. I have somehow gotten to a place where more and more of my co-workers are very out in faith. Whatever their faith may be. Mm-hmm. Two jobs ago, a friend of mine, co-worker, his name was Gabe, very, very strong in his faith, had, I forget which passage, Oh, but it was tattooed on his left forearm. Okay. And it was something, I think it's from Timothy, and it's something about the brotherhood. Okay. And I don't remember what, I don't remember, I just remember brotherhood, because I kind of teased him, I'm like, white guy, brotherhood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That
0: could go, that could go either way for me.
1: (laughs) I'm feeling a little edgy right now, I'm just, just, i feel a
0: little edgy. (laughs) And so from then, we just started talking, and he too, he'd be like... His little cousin, little, she was a teenager, is a teenager, got into a super bad car accident. And I was like, I don't know if you believe, but I will I will pray for you. And he was like, yeah, totally believe and I totally appreciate it. So somehow I've been able to cultivate these religion or these friendships based in friendship and loyalty, but also have a really strong religious aspect to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to carry that with me through my day. You know, a lot of times you compartmentalize, I can be this at work and then I can do church later. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky enough to not have to do that. Right. I don't have to hide it.
1: That, I mean, that's kind of an interesting context for me because I, when I'm, I'm thinking Portland, I'm not thinking like the spiritual capital of North America necessarily, you know. I, yeah. I, I don't want it I don't judge I just evaluate you know that's what I
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is more conservative but liberal it's kind of weird right everyone I mean out here they're like oh we're so diverse we're really not but we really allow the freak flag to fly okay and so everyone is open to doing everything I just went to Seder on Friday night okay Everyone is everywhere, and you do what you do, and I'm okay with that.
1: Andrea talks about a spiritual shift, what she calls a whole new discovery, a shift from God being in her life to God in her. God was distant to Andrea during the suffering of a family member. Suffering is often the time when God seems most distant. Why won't the God out there? come down here. She found healing when she discovered the intimacy of God's presence. Andrea made another observation that feeds right into today's show. She said, people who get caught up in so much other stuff need a sign from God when God dwells within us. When we take the time for spiritual conversations with God, we tend to understand the intimacy of God. When we don't, God is distant, an invisible force, appears indifferent to our circumstances, when in fact God is not hiding from us, we're hiding from God. Now let's listen to the passage I asked her to read, John 14 verses 6 through 14. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on you do know him, and have seen him. Philip said to him, "'Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied.' Jesus said to him, "'Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, "'Show us the Father?' Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works.'
0: What struck me most, I don't know, I think it's the third one, okay. where we talk about having that intimate relationship and, and being more conversational with God. Right. That's how I am. Like, I'm in the shower, and I'll be like, can I talk to you right now? Because, right. and I was joking about this with my, with my grandma. I'm like, you know, is it weird that I'm in the shower talking to God? She's like, no, wash away. He's already seen it. He already <laughs> knows. I just have this running kind of conversation with him. I don't feel like I have to get on my knees and go, Our Father, please hear my prayer. I can just talk to him like I'm talking to you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I can ask questions, and I can be quiet, and I can sit, and I can wait, and I can listen. And when it comes, it comes. Mm -hmm. But I don't go in with this expectation that I'm going to hear a great voice from the sky.
1: How did you how did you approach the reading part of that?
0: But I just kind of sat with it. Right. I looked it up at lunch, at work, thought about it on my drive-in. Just what does it? I just like to sit with things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kind of feel it out. What does this mean? I have an image of Samuel L. Jackson in my head. <laughs> Determined that <laughs> that, <laughs> that okay. the god in this passage sounds like Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Everybody goes in Morgan Freeman, but if you want to go Samuel L. Jackson, no,
0: because, <laughs> you know, I have it over here and he's like, Don't you believe that I'm the father and the father is in me? Like almost like this attitude. Hmm. I'm here, man. Mm-hmm. What are you questioning me for? You know this. You mm-hmm. feel this. Don't ask me for signs. You got it. You open your eyes and look around. Right. And I just, I hear Samuel L. Jackson just kind of like this homie swag, like right. I got this and you got this and now you know. Right.
1: I like Andrea's image of talking to God in the shower. It's a place where she's completely exposed, literally, and she's learned to be comfortable with it. Andrea's grandma speaks an affirming, but terrifying truth. God's already seen it. God already knows it. How crazy are you that you can hide anything from God? But I'm not sure I want God to see the most private parts of my life, nor the private parts of my mind. Do you? I think most of us like hiding things from God. It's really delusional to think that we can. What's even crazier, we're hiding from the one who said he would take it all away and make us new again. Let's continue listening.
0: Where it says, no one comes to the Father except through me. That that one I get, but I don't get. And here's why. My friend, who I went to Lutheran school with all my life, had this major religious conversion in college, woke up one night, heavy panic and like became super hardcore muslim. Yeah. And she's cuz I asked her why and she said what made it for me was that she didn't want to have to go through someone else to get to God. And I'm like, did I miss that lesson in school cuz that to me is catholic. That's not what we I never learned that I had to go through someone to get to God. If I want him I call him hey, God, it's me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just didn't feel like that was the thing for me. So no one comes to the Father except through me. Is like, did I miss that? Did I miss that part in school? Like, did I just not hear it? Where did that come from? Because I never thought you had to go through anyone else. Like, I just... That one's a little difficult for me. But I it, also get it on the other side.
1: To read it now? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, now I hear it as... You don't have to go through me, but you have to talk to me. And when you talk to me, you're talking to all of us. Right. Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. It's not... I don't take messages and carry them back. You're talking to everyone. So I'm learning how to bring those two together.
1: No one comes to the Father except through me. In a world where they let the freak flag fly and spirituality is an open conversation, this verse can make you feel uncomfortable. And you can hear it in Andrea's voice. She's trying to reconcile her beliefs with her experiences, and these two cause a spiritual conflict many people experience. A friend leaves the faith for reasons you don't understand. We meet good friends, spiritual people, who don't embrace Jesus. Do I have to believe they're going to hell? Andrea's right. We don't go through anyone to talk to God, but I don't think it's completely fair to say that Catholics do. I think most Catholics would say praying to a saint It's like asking a friend to pray for you. But a saint in heaven carries more influence than chucking and counting, if you know what I mean. One God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is incredibly confusing. But this reading makes a point you should remember. You don't look behind Jesus to see God. When you talk to Jesus, you're talking to God. And this God that we talk to is the God of Abraham, who is the God of Isaac, the God of the Jews, and the God of Ishmael. The God of the Muslims. I don't know how that works and I'm sort of glad I don't. It frees me up to let God be God and I'll go about the business of being Eric. My job is to believe that salvation is mine in Christ Jesus and to share that message to others. Let's just take a break for a quick commercial. Ordinary Voices is about inviting ordinary people into conversations about life and faith. I need your help inviting more people into this conversation, so please consider sharing it with friends. This week, Ordinary Voices will be on iTunes and Stitcher to help make it easier to find. I'm also launching a website, OrdinaryVoices.org. OrdinaryVoices.org. The website will help you connect to the podcast and subscribe to the email list. Subscribers will receive daily devotions and weekly blogs straight to your email Tell people they can listen to the show on the way to work or use it as a resource for their small group. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by clicking the Patreon button on the website to keep the shows coming. Thanks and back to our show. spiritual person, like you're an intuitive kind of feel?
0: It runs on both sides of my family. It's very, very odd. Right. Um, when I was little, little, little I had experiences. Right. And even now as an adult, my mom has experiences. She was in kind of a weird situation at work before she retired. She says hello by the way. Oh, Oh, us. his eyes. I just remember his eyes. She <laughs> loves those eyes. So she has it. My cousins have it when my dad's father died or when my dad's mother died, she came to my cousin who was sleeping. She came to him and said, tell them I'm already gone.
1: Hmm.
0: And she shook his feet. Tell them I'm already gone. Two days later, she died. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, I am spiritual. Sensitive, if that's what you want to call it. I'm very open. Sometimes I have to close ranks because it's getting a little too weird.
1: Right.
0: Um. Luckily, I've not had any negative kind of things happen. But sometimes they just like my uncle will not stop. He is constant on, and and I gotta get to you, and I and like. have a seat, man. I'm at work. I cannot deal with you right now.
1: Right.
0: right. Another, and that's another weird thing to deal with in terms of faith, mm-hmm. because as a kid you learn that spirits—we don't—we don't do spirits. But I have them, and they're around. So justifying or reconciling those two things is often difficult.
1: Right
0: because it's not, it's not sorcery it's not witchcraft it's just something that I'm very sensitive to
1: Andrea says as a kid you learn we don't do spirits but I have them again another spiritual conflict I've met a lot of people who share similar experiences to Andrea's is it real or in their head I don't know But I've never really understood why the people who taught me to believe in the extraordinary spiritual encounters of the Bible were the same people who taught we don't do spirits. There is a danger of using spiritual connections to manipulate people, but there is an equally significant risk of excluding this element of faith. A God that can only be proven or disproven through intellectual conversation is not much of a God.
0: They were talking, my friends who are Jewish, and they, we all read from the Haggadah and the whole thing, and they were talking about religion in general, but the mysticism of it all, mm-hmm. right? It's so you have to believe in magic to an extent, because you can't explain it any other way than it is magical, mm-hmm. but not like pulling rabbits out of hats or anything, it's no. just... It's not a tangible thing. You just have to believe in that mystery and in that magic and accept it and go for it. Now, I have stopped trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my friend yesterday. I, you know, we were talking about Prince, and that that in itself has left me like empty. I don't understand it, can't wrap my head around it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And part of me questions my own sanity, why I'm this upset about a celebrity but I am mm-hmm. I am and she was like well don't you want to know why I'm like nope I don't want to know why it already happened mm-hmm. I don't need to know why cuz why will just ruin it mm-hmm. just have to accept it and go and that's kind of how I look at religion and faith I have to accept that these are the things that happen. mysterious, they're mystical, they're magical. But those things have created the one thing that I believe in. So I just have to take it and run with it.
1: Mystery is accepting that life is infinitely more complicated than we ever imagined. Faith will be difficult for people who cannot embrace mystery. Science has shown us From tiny microbes in your body to large suns in a distant universe. Every second of your life, something is dying. But out of death will come new life. Not just theologically, but environmentally. But that's a whole different show. I just love how Andrea ends this section. These things, these mysteries, have created the one thing I believe in.
0: lot because as a human as a mortal you do quite you find yourself in those stages why is this happening why is Tracy dying she's so good she's only 50 why is she dying why didn't I get that job why did my dad have a problem with his pants and he couldn't keep them on and and their marriage ended and you got to why 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 are you questioning me though Mm -hmm. you don't need to all of these things work out the way they're supposed to work out. I am who I am. You know who I am. Don't worry about it. Hmm. I got it. I got this. You don't, I have it, God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you don't have to have it. Mm-hmm. Because all of this is through me. And it has a reason, even if it hurts. Even if it's pretty sucky. Don't question. You already know. Philip, you know, Mm -hmm. Samuel L. Jackson says, you already know. Okay, stop questioning. Stop the spin in your brain and just understand you already know. You have the answer. All this questioning and trying to figure out who I am and show me, show yourself to me, that's not how it works. How it works is you sit, shut your hole, listen up. Mm -hmm look
1: around. When Tracy was dying, Andrea reached out to me and she wanted to know why. Why brought her no peace? And then it dawned on her. She was so busy looking for the why that she couldn't see that God was sitting right in front of her, holding her and Tracy all the time. How often has questioning and wondering why. got in your way of seeing God. And it seems like there's a part of you that's all right with giving up control on some things.
0: I used to not be. Okay. I used to be that constant, I want to know why. But what was happening to me was I was so upsetting myself, you know, I have clinical depression. And that was just making it worse.
1: Okay.
0: Because I'm, and I don't know the answer, and why didn't this work out, and why, I still do it, listen, as much as I would like to be perfect, I am not, I still do it, but then I have to catch myself and go, you know what, it's not going to change anything, it's already happened. Right. So, I have learned through my whole, like, not conversion, but through my experience a couple years ago, that some things you have to let go. Mm-hmm. You can't control it. They are there. They suck, or they're really great. It's not up to you, though.
1: Right.
0: I can only control so much. I can look both ways when I cross the street, but if I don't see that truck, I don't see that truck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't because you you suffocate. Right under the weight of all of these whys. Right. instead of your, instead of living and moving, you just you impede yourself. You get in your own way, and it took like a few work experiences and relationship experiences to just go. I can't do that anymore. It's and exhausting. sometimes I have to rem- remind myself of that. Stop. Right. Stop.
1: It's exhausting.
0: It is very exhausting, and when you deal with something like clinical depression where it's already hard enough Mm -hmm. and you're like why why and you're in your own you're in your own head so much that you can't you can't get out of it and it is it's taxing also being an introvert surprise surprise dealing with that pressure to like it's not even control but oh my god people want to go out and i should do this and then i would come home and i would just be completely drained stop trying to satisfy just because you're young you're cute you don't have to go out all the time you can sit at home and be okay be still chill out it's good because it just things like that just suck the life right out of me so it took learning how to get over that need to control and create and be all these things and just listen to myself to god and i'm happier now still depressed but i'm happier without carrying that weight on me
1: Andrea speaks about her clinical depression and how learning to give up control helps her. As I listened, I wondered, how many people get depressed just trying to control things? I'm not suggesting you can cure depression by giving up control, because that would put you in control of giving up control, which would defeat the whole purpose. But what Andrea is talking about is Sabbath, taking an emotional, physical, and spiritual rest. She's still depressed, But she's rested. When do you take Sabbath?
0: Right when it's good. A couple years ago at a job, not even a couple, last year, so miserable. So wanted to get out of that place like you could, like my head was on fire. Mm -hmm. Nothing was really happening interview wise, but still that constant conversation with God. Please, I know you know what's in me, I know you have me, but I gotta get out of here. Is it going to happen now? And you have job interviews, and you're like, well, nothing happened. Okay, but feel bad for a day? Then get on, because when it's right in his time, it'll happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Out of the blue, my girlfriend sent me a, a, a job posting. Sat on it for a while. And I was like, ah, eh. click it. At worst, they say no. Within two weeks, I had a job. Right? My time, because I've been asking for two and a half years, my time is not his time. And I truly believe that God has a raging sense of humor. He's like, oh yeah? Watch this.
1: Yeah.
0: And off you go. Good, bad, or indifferent. So knowing that when you ask me for anything, I'll do it. Just chill out. Settle. Remember in, in, in uh, All in the Family, Stifle Edith? <laughs> Tell myself that. To just chill out, man. Yeah, yeah. It'll happen. So all of these things, camp, growing up Jamaican in a very American culture, all of these little things combined with faith have created all this loveliness right here. <laughs> right? And so even though i'm an introvert people go wow you're like not crazy but you're just out there but i've worked hard to be out there i've worked hard to be okay with this yeah i want to lose you know i want to lose 30 pounds whatever but inside i'm very much okay with who i am right. it took a long time to get there and i only got there through god and remembering that I'm okay. I don't have to be like everybody else because I'm good.
1: It hit me that Andrea had just given us a lesson on prayer. Not an opinion, but a lesson. Her points were all points made by Origen. Origen was a 3rd century Christian scholar who wrote a book about prayer that people still use today. Origen said, we don't pray to Jesus, we pray in Jesus. Because God is not distant, but very near. Kind of like Andrea saying, not God in my world, but God in me. Origen says we can pray anywhere we want, even the shower. It's not restricted to special places, but an ongoing conversation. But he also says, it's not a casual thing. It needs physical stillness and a quiet, quiet, at a deeper level. Kind of like sit, listen, shut your hole and look around. Origen didn't say it that way, but then again he wasn't from Queens. Origen says God knows what you're gonna say before you say it, but God wants to hear it from you. Andrea said she needed to shut things out so she can talk to God. And Origen tells us to beware that you don't get smothered by your own thoughts, emotions, and anxieties. Prayer's not knowing quite where you're going, but knowing you're in a different world. I think that's his way of saying, let your freak flag fly. That's our show for today. I want to thank Andrea for sharing her thoughts and life with us. Please join me next time when we discuss how comic books influence our understanding of good and evil. Until then, remember, please help me invite more people into this conversation. Check out the new website, OrdinaryVoices.org, OrdinaryVoices.org. It will help you connect with everything ordinary. Well, everything ordinary in terms of voices. Recommend it to the people you know and consider supporting it. On behalf of all Ordinary Voices, thanks for listening.